Hi, my loves. This show is Love or Obsession, and my name is Queen. What's up and welcome back. Today's show comes with a trigger warning and involves the rape, strangulation, and murder of a child. Very disgusting and very disturbing. Um, But before I get into the story, I just want to see how y'all doing, see how y'all feeling. Um, Today is Tuesday, March 16th. Um, Last episode, I said my grandma's birthday was June 10th. And I don't know why the fuck I said that. Um, I would say that Joystice was distracting me, <laughs> but no excuses. Joystice, my baby girl Joy, I like to call her Joystice. Philip, my son, he like to call her Joyelle. I don't know where that came from, but her name is Joy, but I like to call her Joystice, like poetic justice, poetic Joystice. <laughs> but yeah, Joystice was distracting me, but that ain't no excuse. Um, my granny birthday is, was June 13th. I know that in my heart. I know that in my mind. Hell, I even wrote it in my notes, June 13th. I don't know why I said June 10th. Um, and so who was I thinking about? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but look, y'all, this STEMI money, this stimulus check, it got people losing their shit. And I felt like the eeriness in the air, like I felt it in the air. I posted that to my Instagram stories on my personal page Friday night. I said, I feel some spookiness in the air. And my cousin Candice, Candy Girl, she messaged me like, stop smoking. <laughs> and I took it down because I was getting high all day, you know. And when I say getting high, I smoke a little weed. I told y'all that. Nothing major, but high is high, no matter the drug. We, You know, we going to call a spade a spade. No way around it, okay? I'm not proud of it. I'm just used to it. Okay, I'm going to quit one day. I told y'all that too. I'm on a journey. But yeah, Candace, she like, stop smoking. So I took that post down. But... I'm serious, y'all. I be getting the feels. I be getting the vibrations of the universe and what what's going on. I feel it in the air. I'm trying to tell y'all. I can feel it in the air. But yeah, though. Um, but over the weekend, over the weekend, after those stimmies hit, those accounts, some people accounts, people out here partying. Um, it was a party over on South Chicago Street. Um. Chicago. They called it a massacre. It was at a place used as a car shop or a tow place during the day, um, and they party in there at night. But anyway, 15 people shot, two dead. Um, one of the people dead was a, a young lady that died. Um, she just moved to Texas from Chicago to get away from the gun violence. She came back over the weekend to kick it and got murdered. When God says move on, just keep it moving, shawty. Don't look back, you know. And people recorded the shit and, like, videos of the shooting was viral before the news was able to report on it, y'all. Sunday, my son was trying to show me a video, as he always do. It's usually some silly stuff that he find funny, but I don't really be finding it funny. But, hey, I'm not a kid. So, you know, I'm distracted doing what I'm doing. I tell him, just let me know when it gets to the funny part. He like, no, man, this ain't funny. Uh, Meanwhile, the video playing the whole time. Next thing I know, I hear, I snatch his phone like, is this real? 
He like, yeah, it happened at a party last night. On the video, you see people shot on the ground. This is tragic, y'all. They um they don't call this Chirac for nothing. And then people doing weird stuff like marking themselves safe and they wasn't even there to begin with. It's like, y'all have to stop this bullshit. We want to live peacefully in our cities. And the shots sounded like machine guns. It's like, how fucking scary is that? You at a party, you know, which y'all shouldn't have been. You had y'all last day. Y'all should have been at home, you know. The space looked it so compressed, like I wouldn't have even felt like I could even breathe up in there. I don't go out, y'all. Call me lame, call me whatever, but I'm going to be safe. I know that. It's still COVID out here. Don't nobody want to get vaccinated, Um, but everybody want to be out and about, you know. But yeah, being at a party and get sprayed with bullets, that's enough for me to never even want to come outside again, you know presuming that surviving some shit like that, you know, presuming that you survive something like that is a real scary situation. And then in Indianapolis, Indiana, y'all, Indiana is not far from Chicago. Literally, you on one side of the street, you cross over, you know, that little turn. People know what I'm talking about. I think you end up in Gary, like once you cross the lines from like Illinois to Indiana, close over there by the horseshoe. Anyways, Indiana is so close to Chicago, certain parts of Indiana that you don't even really recognize the difference sometimes. But in Indianapolis, Indiana, a man mad at his baby mama and killed all her family members that was present in the home, y'all. This was just over the weekend. I'm trying to tell y'all today is Tuesday. This happened like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this just past weekend, killed all the family members present in the home. Um, the young woman, um, it was a discrepancy. I don't know if it was a son or a daughter that she had with this man, but he was mad that she wasn't about to give him half of her STEMI money. She offered him four fifty. He refused. He came into the house. Well, it was like a two day ordeal when they was having a whole debate or dispute about how much he was going to get or what she was going to give him at all. He came back the next day. He comes into the home, shoots and kills her brother, her cousin, her mother, and her older daughter, seven-year-old little girl. And she escaped with some injuries. You know, the toddler child was unharmed. The man was captured. And all it is this past weekend, you guys, it's going to be a cold summer, if y'all know what I mean. I could feel it in the air. And it's so so disturbing and it's scary and this and you know there was some some local true crime news like some breaking news almost you guys they that shooting that happened on south chicago at that party they called that a massacre y'all like in the videos like i was just like is this real who child the ghetto but finally getting into the story you guys like i said today's shows come comes with trigger warnings it involves rape strangulation and murder of a child which is very disgusting and very disturbing um the child is 12 year old sean kenji and i'm glad i you know i watched the documentary and it, it said how to pronounce her name um because I was calling her Cyan at first, um, but it's not Cyan. It's Sean, like the rapper producer Sean Diddy Combs, except Sean was spelled with an I and the rapper Sean is spelled with the an E. 
Okay, so it's S-I-A and Sean. And yes, I know that I said that I would never tell a story that involves the rape and murder of a child. Um, because it's disturbing as fuck to even talk about, write about, read about, hear about, you know, foul shit happening to anyone, but especially helpless children that are friendly, naive, and unsuspecting, you know. But it's also important to tell these stories so that people alike, adults and children, can know what type of people and know what type of scenarios to be weary of. Because me, when I got into true crime and I first started, you know, watching the documentaries and everything like that and listening to people's stories, it actually can give you life tips and little life hacks on how to avoid certain situations, you know, because we all, you know, walk and go through our daily lives expecting nothing bad to happen to us. But unfortunately, I say this all the time, you know, bad things happen to good people all the time. And it's very sad and it's very unfortunate, you guys. Um, So the day of Sean's murder, she was shopping with her mom. They were on their way home. Mom walking, Sean riding her bike. Um, Mom walked around the park. Sean drove her, rode her bike through the park. And Sean's mother makes it home. She sees that Sean is not there yet, even though she should have been or they should have been within minutes of each other. Um, She didn't think much of it, thinking that maybe Sean had stopped to play with some friends. But by dinner time, Sean still wasn't home. Mom and dad goes out looking for Sean. Finds her bike abandoned in a park. What a nightmare. And um, before I get into Sean's background and everything, I want to, this is a quote by Joseph Conrad. And it said, quote, the belief in supernatural source, the belief in a supernatural source of evil is not necessary. Men alone are quite capable of every wickedness, end quote. And that's just basically saying that you don't even have to believe in spirits and demons and shit because men alone is already so fucking spooky. The things that humans are capable of, spooky as fuck, you know. Sean Kenji was born December 16, 1974 in New Zealand. By the age of 12, she was she lived with her parents, Barry and Linda Kenji and Noosa Heads, Queensland, Australia. And sources that help me tell this story is ChillingCrimes.com, True True Crime Stories, and also Adrian Bell, True Crime International. I watched the documentary on YouTube. Um, Sean was a popular girl, tall for her age. She was athletic and beautiful, very pretty, long blonde hair, big dark eyes. She was quiet and shy, but she loved hanging with friends. She loved cycling around Noosa Heads or playing netball in school. On November 27, 1987, after school, Sean and her mother shopped for fabric to make Sean an outfit for an upcoming party. They headed home, and I told y'all, you know, the whole thing with that, um, as they was heading home, Sean rode her bike through the park. Her mother walked around the park. Um, and Sean didn't make it home. Mom and dad goes to look for her and finds her bike in the park and immediately report to police. Six days after that, a fruit picker found Sean's mutilated body in a creek. And, you know, um, 
It's a it's a discrepancy with that too because one source say that a fruit picker found Sean, and somebody said that a Target worker found Sean. Um, but either way, Sean's mutilated body was found in the creek. She was still wearing her school uniform. Sean had been raped, assaulted, stabbed twelve times, strangled, and thrown into the creek. I can't even imagine that horror. The horror that Shine felt, I know she, you know, gained her wings because there's no way, shape, form, or fashion that she deserved that. Yeah, there's no way that she deserved that ever. Nobody deserved that, especially not an innocent child. Police received a tip of a white station wagon that was in the area. And how fucking creepy. Okay, so police received a tip that a white station um, wagon was in the area and how creepy the driver was. The witness was uncomfortable, so they jotted down the license plates of the car and it was registered to Valme Fay Beck. I'm sorry, y'all. I, <laughs> I told y'all I cannot record when everyone in the house is out up and about. I'm going to have to give me some soundproof equipment or something, you guys. Um, but we gonna make it do what it do. We gonna tell this story and get this information. Okay, so the car was registered to Valme Faye Beck, a forty-four, a forty-four-year-old mother of six. Valme, y'all know my name, Velma. I was like, uh, yeah, for sure. Call me Queen, <laughs> cause this lady name was Valme, Val Valme. And it's spelled so similar to mine's Velma Valme. Uh-uh. Police went to speak with Faye. I'ma call her Faye because that's what she changed her name to anyway, Faye Crumb. Um motherfuckers be wanting a new identity after they do fuck shit. Um, but yeah, I'ma call her Faye because I cannot say Valme this whole episode. <laughs> I wanna spit on that name. Tu 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 tu. Shit, after y'all found out what she did, Val Anyways, but yeah, police went to speak with Faye, but she skipped town. And it was a little island, island-looking area. So I guess her version of skipping town was leaving the area. But no, um, and that's small manner to me, the thing, because actually um, the couple skipped town to like Wales and England and shit like that. They really got out of Australia. I don't know how far Australia and England and Wales and all that stuff is from each other, you guys. But they they, they got out of town. Um, and I'm talking about Faye along with her husband, Barry Watts. He was 34. They had been married for a year. Um, so 10 years, her husband senior, um, it was a lot of insecurity that went along with that relationship, but you guys will find that out as I tell the story. They were arrested. Barry refused to speak, but Faye gave a detailed confession. The day Sean went missing, they pulled the classic couple predator move. The woman will play the non-threatening and friendly, hey, little girl, can you help me find my cat? Or whatever creep-ass shit she said to Sean to distract her. Because as Sean was distracted by Faye, Barry grabbed her from behind and the rest was unimaginable. He threw Sean into the station wagon, taped her hands in her mouth. Um, Actually, when the tape that he used to bind her was found later on, some of Sean's hair was still stuck to the tape. 
With Sean trapped in a station wagon, a couple drove to Timberwa Forest, where Barry had put down a fucking cover, y'all, like this motherfucker was going on a picnic or something. I started to call him the N-word, but as y'all notice. I, I don't say that on here. I try not to say the N-word, period, because I want to set an example because I don't want nobody saying it around me. So I try not to say it, especially publicly, like, like in telling the story. But I almost called Barry the N-word because he actually had a cover, like he was going on a picnic or something, spread it on the ground so he can commit this heinous crime to this innocent 12-year-old child. He raped, beat, strangled Sean before vicious, viciously stabbing her 12 times in the chest and cut her throat. Sean was 12, year old, 12 years old, y'all. I keep saying that and I can't stress that enough. You know, um, and this, th- this whole account is all according to Faye. And let her tell it, she just watched. A lie. And even if that was true, how could you just watch some shit like that? They were looking to abduct someone. Apparently, Barry was not sexually attracted to his wife. He played on her insecurities, and she, like, 10 years older than him, six kids. She was weak, weak, y'all. And there was a discrepancy with that, um, too, um, because the one, one source says that she just stood there and watched, and another source said that while Barry was assaulting Sean, that Faye went back to the car and just waited about an hour for him to return to the car. Either way, it's all fucked up, you know, and I don't want to hear no excuses. After Sean's death, Barry and Faye was trying to snatch a nurse. She was saved by someone approaching them just trying to get into their car because Barry and Faye had kind of blocked the nurse car in on some I need some help type stuff. Same scenario. They actually was trying to snatch a few ladies, all all that were lucky to get away. Police were shocked at Faye's action because she mothered a teenage daughter. And they was just like, she's just a monster. Faye said that Barry told her if she helped him get a virgin, he would never betray her again. She said that he helped him because he threatened to leave her for a younger, prettier woman. Faye was hella insecure, y'all, or something, because I would have said, bye, bitch, and I'm finna call the police on your pedophile ass, too, while I'm at it. Well, I probably wouldn't have told him that because he probably would have killed me, but I would have definitely called the police on that motherfucker when he left, and I would have been like, he looking to abduct young girls. And ladies, that's all you have to do. If you with a man, you love him so much, you think you got to do all type of bullshit to keep him, and, and even if you bending over backwards for a man, your woman, your significant other, your partner, whatever, the moment they ask you to commit some shit like rape, sodomy, murder, anything, like that it ain't that much love in the world baby because you're gonna end up in dead or in jail behind that anyway and i'm telling you somebody that wants you to do something like that don't love you that's just the bottom line okay so um hold on joy one second pool okay sorry you guys hopefully this will be the last episode um, that would be uninterrupted because I do like to be professional in what I'm doing here. Um, I guess I'm just going to have to go back to getting up at three, four in the morning when the whole house is quiet and sleep and I can just sit in my closet and record like I usually do. Um, 
I mean, I was just saying that I'm telling y'all, people be so afraid to be alone. It's not a death sentence. It's like, yeah, it's nice to have somebody, but if you're not being treated right and your significant other calling you old, fat, ugly, go be with somebody else or better yet, be by yourself and love yourself. So if someone was to call you old, fat, or ugly, instead of wanting to kill for them, you should say, bitch, you old, fat, and ugly. How about that? You know, Faye said they spent days in the area looking for victims, looking for a victim. They was arguing and they stepped out of the car to stretch their legs. That's when they spotted Sean. Barry told Faye to stop her and that's what she did. Barry was pissed when he found out Faye was going to testify against him. He, <laughs> you could tell he didn't love her because they said he tried to convince her to kill herself so she wouldn't testify against him. Um, the couple together were charged with rape, sodomy, and murder. They both got life. Um... They both was getting their ass beat in prison too, y'all, because the case was widespread and people don't take kindly to rapists and child killers as they shouldn't. Um, Faye died in prison May 27, 2008, um, due to complications of a heart surgery. Barry was tried in 1995 for the murder of a woman named Helen Mary Feeney, who was last seen alive a month before the murder of Sean. For that, he was sentenced to an additional 14 years for manslaughter. Faye actually divorced Barry in 1990. She said that she regretted everything she'd done with him. Barry, st Barry is still alive, to my knowledge. Um, He's still locked up, and he ain't never getting out. So, Faye, was it love or was it obsession? That's today's story, you guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. You can find pictures on the Instagram at Love or Obsession Podcast. You can send me messages or su suggestions to Love or Obsession Podcast at gmail.com. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate that, baby. It's love. It's queen. Peace out.